0: Welcome, everyone, to our Sunday service of Roots Revival Interfaith. We are here to normalize intuition through the belief in numerology, astrology, and intuitive intelligence. I am your pastor, Ivy Rivera, psychic medium. We have with us today Reverend Danny Johnson, our numerologist, Reverend Christina Del Rey, our astrologer, and Reverend Paul Casey healing arts. I hope everyone's doing well. I am off video today due to some vaccine side effects. I do encourage you guys to post your questions, your comments, your prayer and healing requests. Donations are greatly appreciated. Please give this video a thumbs up and hit that subscribe button. To listen to our previous sermons, you can hit the playlist and here on YouTube at Roots Revival or you can listen anywhere you receive podcast. Today's sermon is on the war against intuition, part 2: educational, government, and family and social systems. If you missed part 1, go to the playlist or again anywhere that you receive a podcast. I want to discuss how these three systems Perpetuate the stigma against intuition and spirituality, and then what you can do about it. Let's first take a look at the educational systems, which are financially backed by government funding and perpetuated by family dynamics. We're primed in pre K and kindergarten, straight out of the gate, to never talk about things that aren't tangible, things that aren't facts, things that aren't real. So we're put to shame. We're told not to talk about things like our imaginary friend that at that age is often our closest spirit. Our imaginary friend is an extension of our intuition, our spirituality, our guides, our ancestors. And when we abandon this imaginary friend, when we are told to believe that it's something negative, it's something to disregard entirely because it's dangerous to entertain, it's punishable to entertain. We start the blocking process right there. We train our children to shun their spirituality and their intuition, therefore they shun others who are open about their experiencing and the blocking continues to grow. Blocking of intuition leads to ADD, irritable bowel syndrome, hyperactivity, emotional meltdowns, nightmares, sleep disturbances, chronic headaches, and many other things. But mental health is not properly taught in the educational system, even if it were anything in the realm of spirituality or intuitive intelligence is considered magical thinking and psychotic misdiagnosed. But in the educational system, things like ADD are quickly identified, often misdiagnosed and medicated as a problem for the classroom dynamic. In addition, the patriarchy and colonization, which have stripped many of the their cultural roots, their spiritual belief systems, their faith. This is not identified at all through the trainings that are received. Instead, the students are force-fed information selected from history that perpetuates that exact colonization and patriarchal system in order to keep the institution growing and moving. It's a cult. Critical thinking skills are not part of the system. This leads to students misidentifying what their real life purpose is, what their true goals in life should be. They're disconnected from their spirit. They're disconnected from any talents and abilities that they may bring to the world as a career. find happiness, pleasure, prosperity, offer healing to others in. Instead, they are told to follow the format, get the college education, pick a mainstream career, which leads them into more debt, which is backed by family and government systems. The government provides funding for this educational system, as well as Family systems that perpetuate the war against intuition and spirituality in a couple key ways I want to touch on today. In a lot of the same ways that indigenous children were stripped from their families and placed in toxic school systems that destroyed their heritage and programmed them to be proper upstanding members of society, we see this today in disproportionate funding through inner city, minority, marginalized students compared to wealthy, white, middle class families. The government is also not mandating certain topics that need to be brought in, such as the truth of our African American history and slavery, or our Native American indigenous history, and the traumas that not only occurred there, but continue to occur, the consequences of such actions on today's population. We see the government supporting and funding family and social systems that are against intuition and spirituality, the recognition of colonization and the patriarchy through things like tremendous tax cuts to the churches, Christianity, government, and the educational systems going hand in hand to create the destruction that we now are all suffering from. Let's take a look at the war against intuition through family and social systems, starting with the way the government provides extra tax cuts and benefits, endorsing our traditional heterosexual families in marriage, offering significant benefits to those particular families and dividing them away from other social systems. Younger people tend to believe that they have to get married, that it is the only real path to normalcy, or accomplishing any of their life tasks. And married people tend to believe that there is no alternative to that marriage without creating a dysfunctional system for their children or deteriorating their life plans. Spirituality and intuition have no role in that system, and the system becomes very frail, it's threatened, the institution will deteriorate rapidly, like catching on fire, when things like self-empowerment are taken into account. Therefore, families and social systems derived from those families are designed to keep everyone in the status quo. No one is meant to think outside the box. No one is meant to observe or certainly talk about spiritual or intuitive things. It is automatically labeled as negative, toxic, mental illness, dangerous, Demonic, punishable, and those that do step outside are ostracized. Triangulation sets in, there's backstabbing, there's gossip, and uh, a member of a social group or family that steps out may never recover. So they're lost in limbo. They can't get back in the family or social situation, and they can't be out on their own because they're brainwashed into believing something terrible will happen to them if they go out into the world seeking something more. So as they're trapped, we see again this cycle where there is a decrease in mental health. There is an increase in anxiety and depression. And around and around we go. We're not educated on it. When we try to step out to get help, we are told by the doctors, by the therapists, that we are psychotic or we have mental illness. It's fed by the government. It's fed by our family and social systems. It's an entrapment system that requires an individual who is going to embrace um, their their true selves, their spirituality, and their intuitive intelligence to completely abandon the old system often and recreate uh, a brand new life for themselves. What can we do about it? We need to push the boundaries. We need to test the system and push the envelope in every way, shape, and form in all three of these areas. I think the best approach is to educate our children to embrace that a child is more intuitive than any adult can ever hope to be again and to never allow for those blocks to set in. It's also important that when we see signs of ADD, empathic ability, we see intuition increasing, psychic and mediumistic abilities, we look at spirituality, we look outside of Christianity to see if these things are normal and healthy in other cultures, in our history, go back to our roots, and we acknowledge them as being a natural part of the growth process and the human experience as spiritual uh, creatures, and we make sure that we use positive speech in relation to these things, and curiosity versus fear.
1: In our previous sermons, I know that we've spoken about from from a numerological perspective, we've discussed how we are currently in the year of five. So the numeric energy that is with us, that we carry collectively with us is the number five. The number five represents freedom, liberation. It represents being unwilling to be tied down to any systems that are not uh, helping us, but are more of a harm to us. And so a lot of the systems that we have been um, indoctrinated into over, I mean, for the past, for, for decades, or excuse me, for decades and for centuries, um, have been of harm to us and have not been of help to us. When we think about racism, when we think about capitalism, when we think about homophobia, when we think about xenophobia, when we think about all of the different isms that have been hurting us. Very often, they are tied to and are grounded in a sense of um, inequity and inequality. And the year of five is breaking free from all of the systems that are causing us harm and that are creating uh, an inability for all of us collectively to be able to live full, healthy lives. So when we think about five, especially from this perspective of intuition, that it only makes sense for us to return back to a sense of who we are, because when we are liberated, that is the most beautiful and most um, natural way for us to be. One of my favorite quotes is by Maya Angelou, and uh, her quote reads, um, love liberates like ego wants to hold but love liberates and love is the most powerful force in all of the universe and Reverend Ivy Rivera Pastor Ivy Rivera when she speaks about like I know she has many classes on love versus hate and the power of love and how we always always must lead from love love li- liberates us from the systems and the ideologies that are holding us back and causing us harm so for us to not fully embrace intuition is to cut ourselves off from the most precious and most innate parts of who we are and the parts of who we are that can really lead to not only our own individual success, but our collective success and for us to achieve the goals that we have set out to. So in the world that we're living in right now, the number five being the number of liberation, intuition at this moment is, an, is a revolutionary act. To uh, willingly push back on what might be deemed as logical or might be deemed as um, the um, most thought through thing to do is actually counter to the spirit of intuition, which is it's not logic. You can't think your way into intuition. You just you have to experience it and fully surrender to it and so to fully embrace our intuition is a revolutionary act it always has been and that is what will lead to our uh our collective liberation in many many different ways so from an educational perspective um i am a psychic medium i know that i was born here with abilities to be able to connect, I've been able to enhance them by working with Ivy and studying with her and working with the amazing folks at ILPA, the Ivy League Psychic Academy. The thing is, in addition to being a medium and being a numerologist, all of which are at the core of who I am, I also uh, very much um, have loved my path in education as well. So in 2013, I completed my PhD in higher education. and. In order to have completed that degree, it wasn't intellect that helped me to finish. It was intuition, and I'll explain how. So, I remember my maybe my first week as a doctoral student, I remember being in the calls of the university, and I remember meeting this upper-level doctoral student who was maybe a year or less away from graduating. Typically, it takes students maybe uh, at the least amount of time like four years and it could take up to seven eight nine years depending upon their study and the path that they take but it is an investment it's an investment from the student and it's an investment from the faculty who invest who um, work with them as well so this student who was on their way to finishing and um and i remember seeing her in her office and i saw her typing away just typing and i said to her wow you're really smart and she said no i'm not she said, I've got endurance and I've got tenacity. Endurance and tenacity are two qualities that are directly connected and tied to intuition. In order to endure, in order to be able to uh, collectively fulfill the, um, the work that we are meant to do, in order for us to um, stay um, grounded and stay connected and to stay focused and to endure the process when we don't know what the process is going to look like that is endurance that is doing the work when we don't when we aren't quite sure of where the end goal is very often um, for for doctoral students when uh, friends and family might ask, so when are you going to be finished? And the answer usually is, I don't know. Because very often as a doctoral student, especially when uh, writing your dissertation, which is like five chapters and each chapter has to go through revision after revision after revision, we don't know when we're going to finish. But it's the endurance. It is managing our emotions, managing our feelings, Trusting the process that helps us to get through that that doctoral process and it's the tenacity it is Finding that inner strength to keep going when things get difficult and to keep going when they When things seem even more insurmountable now again, the thing is when and And I equate this with in to, in terms of education because um very often in um in within educational settings something like intuition or something related to like meditation are sometimes considered or treated as add-ons so after you know the foundation and the thing is there are certain foundational skills that are needed in education absolutely, but the thing is the way that intuition is treated along with those foundational Uh, skills and um, information, it's the intuitive piece, the meditation, that is sometimes treated as an add-on. So that's like the added thing. So once the important stuff is done, then we can add the intuitive, the meditative practices in. When no, the intuitive and the meditative practices, those should go hand in hand with the foundational educational training that is given. Because when students are able, especially at a young age, to be able to regulate their feelings, to feel frustration when a student studies for an exam and doesn't get the, uh, the grade or the final grade that they want and they're disappointed, it's okay for them to be disappointed but they have to keep going and not want to give up. Those are the skills that are necessary and it's just so ironic that, um, and, and I'm, when I think about at every educational level, when I think through K through 12, when I think of undergrad, when I think of masters and the PhD, the degree that is um, sometimes considered like the degree to, for which you need like this high intellect, of, I mean, of course, any person, and the thing is, let to be very clear, intellect does not always equate to having a degree. So I want to make that very clear. Some of the most brilliant minds that this world has ever seen has never seen the inside of a classroom. So I just want to make that very clear. At the same time, for folks who, for those who do want to pursue that higher education, Um, It was the doctoral degree that was most dependent upon integrating intuitive, meditative, self-regulating practices. So they're not mutually exclusive. They are so necessary. And so when we uh, really consider and think about how to prepare all of us collectively for anything that we, that we might want to do, anything that might require endurance and tenacity and um, resilience. We've got to be willing to integrate those uh, meditative and intuitive practices. As a doctoral student, I also had a mentor who I love dearly. Uh, this is a mentor who, is, um, who has crossed over. He is now in the spirit world. I love him dearly. He actually was my mentor who uh, directed me to Ivy when he knew that it was time for me to begin training and interestingly um, when he was here Earthside when I was a student, he told his students this one uh, anecdote and he said that you know you could have two brilliant students, two students who are equally brilliant but If the and he said one student might even be a little more brilliant than the other, but he said the one differentiating factor that would make or break a doctoral student and would help them to excel not only to graduation, but beyond, was their ability to take criticism. So when we think about taking criticism, and, and he said clearly that the student who was able to take criticism was the one who was able to excel and who was able to persist. The student who did not have as much the ability to take criticism was the student who was not able to fare as well. And we think about um, constructive criticism, taking criticism, that means having humility. That means uh, having some self-accountability. That means taking responsibility for our actions. So if we submit something that we think is brilliant, but our mentors and our advisors are saying, you know what, this is okay, but it could be better. That's not the time that we should throw in the towel or say, what do they know? Or they're out to get me. No, they're not. Because if they were out to get you, they wouldn't even care enough to give you the criticism. It is in those moments when we are able to think back, reflect and be willing to move forward with a sense of gratitude for the Uh, critiques that we have been given that is how we're able to persist and again this is applicable to any field any discipline it does not have to just um, apply to education this applies across the board. So in closing um, I'd like to just uh, leave with uh, all of our wonderful um, participants today is to uh, think about I uh, often think about this commercial. I don't remember exactly what the, um, the company that actually uh, made this commercial, but it was the setting of the commercial was a gentleman who was in the hospital. I think he had just been admitted. He may have been in the emergency room and there was a nurse and the voiceover on the commercial said, we always depend on modern medicine, but we always stack the deck and in that moment when the voiceover said stacking the deck the nurse placed something of value um, in that man's hand so it is modern medicine and it is the spirit it is making sure that we are connected to Uh, modern technology when it comes to our health, but it also has to do with the supernatural, the spirit, intuition, and knowing that we are held by ancestors and guides and angels across the veil who love us dearly and who help to make sure that we persist and that we achieve everything that we set our mind to.
2: Hey everyone, I wanted to touch on the family and social end of things here, uh, like the friends dynamic. I think for the most part, for me personally, anyhow, like the government and the educational side of it, I didn't really notice uh, until like recently when I'm on the, say the spiritual end of things because I uh, you know, packed it away for so long and didn't believe in it. So there was really nothing for me to, I guess, see while I was going through everything. Uh, same with family too. However, um, when I moved and my spirituality, I came in touch with it. Uh, that's when I noticed, and everything started to change. You know, much like uh, the power of detachment here, what I spoke about last week. If you uh, didn't catch that one, go check it out in the playlist here. Um, <clears throat> there, there is something to be said about the distance, you know, and it's the change. And I could really see how everybody changed. Um, some for the good. You know, to be honest, I'm not going to lie and say some people were really happy to see uh, me coming back into a spiritual realm. Uh, You know, because when you were a kid, it seems like it was easier. You know, like I did really like church, you know, and believing in these things. And then once the system started to crush it, that's when I I fled. You know, you flee the the falling building. But, um, you know, when you can find it on your own and rebuild it, that's really great. And so there are some people that were really happy to see that. Uh, and to see me going back that way and to, to be in touch with my roots and, and, you know, spirituality. But there are others who um, really took it the wrong way, you know, like it was an offense against them that I wasn't just being traditional, you know. <laughs> and why, would this, why is this considered un- non-traditional? You know, it's, it's older than anything. It's as traditional as anything can be. But, you know, I had friends that uh, really thought that this was wild because it wasn't me uh you know and tried to really convince me otherwise of you know discovering my own path and and becoming in tune with my intuition you know that that it was unlike me and and not normal and i should come home uh all these things that really were insulting uh and you know just to see coming from people that you loved you know and it's really tough and see how uh ingrained it is And, you know, that when you could be what you would think was, uh, you know, one of the people they loved as well, but they can easily dismiss you because you're not falling in line with what they would consider traditional. So with the friends, it's, it's tough because you choose them, you know, and you're with them for so long and it's because you have similar interests, you know, but once you go a different way and still have the same interests, you know, as them and they're just no longer you know it's just that you're a little bit more free than them and they're still tied to that system they start to get upset and it's that's they'll attack and it's unfortunate because it's not worthy of an attack but they will so i want you all to notice that and to look out for that and just know that that's something that's going to come to you know you all not all your friends are going to treat you the way you should be treated when you start to do things that are outside of their programming you know, um, even those that think they are outside of the lines, even those that feel they're renegades in every sense of the word, you know, they're still tied into this. And you say, hey, uh, you have this astrological sign. Uh, I thought that they'll, you know, blow off the handle and say, you know, don't lump me in with that. Why are you talking astrology? You know, this is that happened to me. My friend like blew up, exploded. I've never seen him yell at me like that before. All because I called him his sign. Um, so with friends just be prepared that's a really tough one. Families are often far more contentious from the start than friendships uh, naturally <laughs> but uh, so you're, you would expect it more here you know even but even in the most um, accepting of families you can still see this because it goes against what they believe you know even if it's very beneficial, very helpful like, being spiritual how would that offend anybody uh, it'll underlie things you know because of the fact that much like with friends you're shaking tradition you're going against their programming and they can at that point you know their cage starts to be seen and that's really what it all comes down to is those that feel they're uh, free realize that they're aren't you know they're not these free birds they think they are they're part of this system i think they get this glimpse of you enjoying freedom it mirrors their need for freedom and they get upset because they aren't able to do so they aren't strong enough to do it because it's easy just to stay flightless and trapped in your cage so you know family will will do that as well and much like with friends it's unfortunate when you're mocked by people uh who love you uh or You know, they'll use it to kind of belittle you. The unfortunate thing is this is going to happen. Maybe not to all of you, but definitely to most of you. And whether it's just family, whether it's just friends, or if it's family and friends, just be aware, okay? And know that you are you. Believe what you want. Do what's best for you. And don't let anybody or anything shake you from that, okay? They're stuck. You're not. All right. And if I caved anytime someone had recently balked at my growth, I wouldn't have gotten there. You know. And it's you've got it's your journey, not theirs. And so don't let that part of the system shake you. Okay. The social system is very tough because it's the hottest to distance from. It's where you find the most comfort. You know. You don't find comfort in the government may not find it in religious institutions anymore educational systems will probably not uh so you find it in your family and friends at social circles and when that starts coming for you it's hard so just be strong and believe in yourself okay you have to look out for yourself you have to trust yourself and you have to follow your beliefs follow your intuition and if that means doing it alone for some some part of the time till you find your tribe then do it by all means do it Don't be afraid, just have faith and have trust.
3: So, you know, everything that we come across, especially social media, TV, any kind of media, um, you know, is conditioning. And they're constantly, you know, society constantly wants you to believe that what you need is outside of you. That way you'll spend your money and that way you will, um, you know, buy products And consume medicines and foods that are going to change your life and you know they're promising to take away all your problems and it's leaving you to you know to be sort of a victim to that because you really can't find what you need outside of yourself you can find you can only find it inside of yourself and you know some things are good and they solve problems that you buy um, But, you know, the the ego is never satisfied. They want more and more and more. And then all of a sudden you become driven about getting the new and the next. And you've completely lost, you know, your connection to intuition. You've completely lost your um, connection with spirit and the divine. So, like, as a society, we approach life. With lack, because we see something on TV, I'm like, oh, we need that. I need that. You know, that'll make me better. That'll make me feel better. And maybe it does for a little while, but then you need something else. And it's like a never ending cycle. And if you were connected to spirit and connected to intuition, you would realize that you don't really need all these things. Um, you can enjoy things. But you don't need the new and the next. That's not what life is all about. And everything that you need is really inside of you. And what's important to understand here is that the soul isn't lacking. The soul doesn't come from a place of lack. When you are connected to soul, you are connected to the divine. That's the divine part of you. And that is whole. And it is um, love. And it is fulfilled. So there's no lack And once you start coming from a place of love and not lack, you won't need all these things outside of you and you'll kind of see how society is manipulating you. But you could see how bad this could be for like big pharma, for retailers, because they are trying to appeal to, you know, the public so that they can buy things. So you're not using your intuition that this is going to stop you know this neck new and next thing is going to solve your problem well if you were in touch with your intuition you wouldn't really know what would solve your problem so when you're in touch with the soul you really don't want for much you um, have powers in your body that can heal you can feel you know you can, you can you can actually you know like get rid of anxieties and you can get rid of fear but society is conditioning you to have anxiety, to have fear. Um, You know, you are not considered worthy unless you're busy all the time, you know. Um, These are just things that we are conditioned and we don't even realize that we're conditioned. And these things that you know, this fear is really taking us and making us dependent on all these drugs you know oh I have anxiety so I need drugs you know not to say that you shouldn't take you know your anxiety medicine because you should um, but we are almost programmed to need those things because of the way that our society is conditioning us and the way that society is conditioning us is very low vibrational you know, it, it it has nothing to do with the soul, nothing to do with the divine. It's very separate. So it makes us think we're very separate. And the more separate we are from the divine and from our soul, then we are going to need more. Or we're going to think we need more because that's lack and that's very low vibrational. So in a way, like this is the way that society kind of holds you down, you know, makes you... Um, You know you work for the man you know you want all these things you see people with you know you see celebrities with things and you just want for that you know this is um, it's really kind of you know you think it's in your control but it really isn't until you are awakened and realize that your intuition is so valuable and you know we go through this in education I'm an educator and you know they want us to rely on data 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 well, children are not data. <laughs> um, I work in classrooms and it is so very often that I intuit what's going on with the kid. If there's something wrong and they don't want to talk about it, I can usually pick up on it. And that's an intuitive you know, connection. And then I can you know approach the problem if a kid doesn't understand something I can usually intuit that too and I can figure out a way to make them understand now the educational system wants you to go by in by data so they want you to present your lesson they want you to test the child or they want you to pre-test the child then present your lesson um, you know give them some written stuff then and then test the child again and see if they got it but like I said kids aren't data what if the child has a bad day or you know what if they are just sleepy that day or you know it's you know it there could be some kind of trauma going on so we can't always rely on data it's not intuitive And if you are a teacher who is strictly by data, you're probably not going to be a very good teacher because you're not connecting with your students. You're not developing relationships based on intuition. And we forget to teach our children that when they're young. You know, we forget because we want to teach them the right way to do things. So we often say to them, you know, know, say hi to that person or, you know, and, and maybe, you know it, and some of it's fear so you really you have to kind of you have to kind of learn to discern fear from intuition but you know we 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 need to show our kids when they're young to trust their intuition and and, and to remember what that quiet voice um you know it's not coming from here cuz the thoughts that's that can be very negative um, you know and those can cycle and that's that's not necessarily you know coming from the soul the intuition is coming from the soul it's got nothing to do with the mind so you know you it we, we are all raised like that so we raise our own children like that and we perpetuate it without meaning to we don't have any you know ill will to do that you know we're not doing it on purpose but we do um, so you know that's where, you know, we have to come from a place of love. We have to come from a place of recognizing our intuition and using it whenever we possibly can to help others, to help ourselves, and you know, kind of recognizing what is fear, what is intuition, and slowing down, slowing the mind down, stopping the mind in meditation, um, sitting in nature. Just, you know, having communal time with spirit is really the only way that you're going to be able to connect like that. You know, Ivy has many, she has many, many classes on intuition. And I think there's one called the uh, Small Still Voice. And I think her and I did one um, intuition versus fear. So if you get a chance, check those out. See you next week.